And welcome back to the Center Conversations podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Brendan. And I'm John. And we're so glad that you're joining us today. The goal of these conversations are to help you make Jesus the center of your life every day. That is right. And today's topic is how to understand the Bible. John, we had talked about this um, as a potential topic, and this is one I think that kind of rose to the top of the list pretty quickly and pretty naturally um, for us because it's important. Now, it should be said um, that there is a whole lot to understanding the topic. We're planning on recording, what, a 15, 20-minute podcast here? Um, We are not under any illusions that we are going to tackle this topic entirely um, in that time. So there's a lot here. Um, We're just probably going to scratch the surface, but it's our hope that um, we're going to ask a a couple specific questions. And just through those questions, we it's our prayer that those will be helpful to you. um, Those of you who are listening to help even just think through um, what it means to understand the Bible, what it means to read the Bible regularly. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of continue with this topic in, in episodes to come as well. But um, the first question I just wanted to ask you, John, is why is it important to read the Bible? Because that's obviously, you know, a major theme. If you've been around church, if you've been around, grew up in youth group, whatever it might be, there's always this, this call to be in scripture and to read the word and to read the Bible. But why is it actually important to do that? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm sure if you're listening, there's a chance that you've wrestled with that question before. And I mean, all of the research and data shows that pretty much everybody who would claim to be a Christian thinks the Bible is important. Uh, Lifeway did a research study last year finding that 90% of Christians said the Bible is important for like their own life transformation. But when polled later, found that only 19% of them read it every day. So there's a clear gap between what we think is important and what we actually believe is important enough to do it every day. One of the reasons I think the Bible is important is because ultimately it points us to a person, is that if you really want your life to change, if you want your addictions to be freed, you want to be broken from some of the negative habits and patterns and thought patterns in your life, ultimately it's the truth of Scripture that's going to set you free. But not just because Scripture is good and important and reading is maybe beneficial intellectually, but ultimately because it points you back to Jesus and leads you in a relationship with Him. I remember um, even just thinking about this the other day, talking with someone about the Bible um, at a lunch I had, and we were talking about the fact that ultimately, if you want to know how to follow somebody, you have to know what they say, you have to know what they do, you have to know what they value, what they don't value. And so many times we try to follow Jesus apart from that, and we don't know what he said or what he did, or we don't know the gospel stories, or we don't know why the cross and resurrection are important to our everyday faith. And if we don't know those things, we really can't follow Jesus well if we're just trying to follow blindly. It's kind of like me trying to get to know you better. It's like if I don't spend time with you, if we don't talk, maybe even on a daily basis, I can't really expect to know you very well or kind of predict here's how you're going to behave or here's what you do in this situation just because I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly true. And I think like there, in my experience, there tends to be this sort of ritualistic opinion and sort of approach to reading the Bible. It's a thing you do that's on the same list as just going to church. Check that box, read the Bible, check that box. Did I pray three (laughs) times today? Whatever it might be, check that box. Um, It's not often Um, that people look at it like I'm doing this so that my heart can be drawn closer to Jesus. And I'm doing this so that my, 
my eyes and kind of my gaze in life can be fixed more and more on him and be led more towards him and pointed Mm -hmm. towards him. It's just kind of like, I just do it because I I know I'm supposed to, but there's nothing I actually draw from it or, or there's nothing I'm actually led to do in my life because that I am doing it. Um, and that is actually sort of leads us into the next question I I wanted to kind of ask you and, and talk about, um, what is the point of the Bible? So, um, we kind of asked like, what is, you know, why is it important that we read it? But what are that, that kind of ties in there in the sense that what are we actually meant to take away from it? What is the point? What is it trying to teach us? Right. I think too, and I think this ties into this question well, like so many times we approach the Bible with a sense of duty, a sense of obligation, a sense of shame, maybe. We haven't read it for two weeks and we open it up. It's kind of like it's reading you. <laughs> like you're yeah. embarrassed. You're like, yeah. ah, I don't know if I should read this. I don't know what's going to happen. I think there's nothing less Jesus-like than reading the Bible out of obligation. Yes. And it's the same yeah. goes for serving and the same goes for giving or... But when you approach the Bible, if your goal is not to become more like Jesus and it's just to check, like you said, a spiritual box or it's on the same plane as brushing your teeth or flossing every once in a while, like it, it'll never bring you the transformation that the scriptures are intended to bring you. Because again, they point you to a person. So I think the reason, if you if you ask the question like, what is the point of the Bible? The point of the Bible is to lead us to Jesus, plain and simple. Every book Every story, every encounter, every promise, every prayer, every psalm, every lament, all of these things are supposed to direct us to the person of Christ. Often where we get tripped up is we lose the forest for the trees, and we become really engrossed in facts and data and and historical documents and the historicity of certain people or things or events— and we seem to lose the whole point of the Bible, which ultimately is a story that points us to a person, which is Christ. And I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up. I know it's where I got tripped up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, that's there's a specific example that I kind of have used to talk about this. Um, and I've used this with students and, and with just other people in general who might be exploring um, reading the Bible for the first time. And something that I, that's been interesting to me, this is you know, I wasn't planning on saying this, but this is something that just kind of came to mind. Um, student, the, the way that student ministry has changed in the sense that the, the questions specifically that young people are asking of the Bible um, and sort of the level of like biblical criticism that's happening at, yeah. at that young age is is different now than, than when I would say you and I were in youth group and mm-hmm. um, the questions that were being asked then. Another massive... Um, thing that I, I feel like I just encounter all the time in student ministry is kids asking students, asking really hard questions about the actual historicity, um, and that, you know, maybe accuracy of the old Testament. They have massive questions. Um, and I, I say the old Testament cause that tends to be the, the prime examples coming from there, but you know, um, stories of the flood and of the actual, the creation narrative. And was it, you know, a literal seven days and big questions like that. Um, a story that I always use though, and I think just, I think has been helpful. It's been helpful for me in my own walk, but, um, as well as when talking to students is, um, there's the story, um, of the, the, the story of Jonah. And when we talk about the story of Jonah, um, I think, a helpful exercise is to ask yourself the question, um, 
what am I meant to learn from this story? Mm -hmm. Um, is it important? Um, is it on, you know, kind of the top of God's list? Um, that I know that there was a guy who was actually swallowed by an actual giant fish, lived in his belly for three days, was then like vomited back up onto the beach. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Very um, grotesque. Yeah, exactly. Was thrown overboard on, on the ship because, um, you know, because the, the people on the ship thought it was, you know, because his God was angry at him. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that there was that storm and I'm, I'm kind of like piecing the story together, but, or is it important? that we understand that the heart of God is for us to listen and to follow and to obey and mm. not run from callings that, that he's placed on our lives. What, like, what are we actually walking away from that story with um, that's helpful for us in our walk um, with Christ? And I think that that kind of helps you see through, and I'm, I'm kind of going on here, but that kind of helps you see through um, the point of some of these narratives that we see oftentimes in the Old Testament. And, and we, we need to learn to think wisely um, mm -hmm. about what it is that we're meant to learn from scripture and in, in instances like that. Yeah. And I think as you said before, we'll probably do a couple episodes on this, but I think one of them, one of the biggest tension points is not, not having a good understanding of context to, to yeah, what, what are the yeah. writers trying to accomplish by writing this? The other side of it is, <laughs> I remember, I think it was in college, the very first time I heard someone bring up the idea that maybe, and it was a maybe, it wasn't like a definitive, it was like a uh, possibly the writers of Genesis were not trying to communicate that God created the world in six 24-hour days. To me, that like blew my mind. Essentially, kind of shattered my faith in right. a way. Right. It was like, wait, so if that piece of information or that fact or that piece of data isn't true or isn't fully accurate, how can I trust anything in the Bible? And I think a lot of people encounter that, especially where we're leading and serving and where many people who are listening with us right now is that we grew up in an area that was steeped in religion and Bible and you kind of just knew some of that stuff. But I think it's easy to forget that we don't put our faith in the Bible. The Bible does not change us. It's Jesus that changes us. Our faith is in him. And so when you look at the Bible back through that reverse lens, you almost can see it more clearly to find out, oh, here's why that's there. Oh, here's what I missed. Or here's why this context is really key to understanding the Bible as a document, but also as a story. Yeah. And, and I think something that's helpful to point to, even if you're confused about um, the role of, if, if it might seem, it might seem like Jesus and the person of, of Christ and scripture as an object can might seem at ends there like right. well, which one do i follow for um and in, in john one um it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so in in the bible we see this this sort of parallel between the actual person of god the person of christ and god's word his spoken word to us that they are they are hand in hand they mm -hmm. are the same thing like that you know it's the beautiful. logos like the bible like talks about um so again just understanding that that jesus is at the center of all of those questions mm -hmm. um and continuing to pursue him and and to follow him um through all of that you know and and going back to what you had said there's a lot of christian authors and thinkers who've talked about um how we tend to kind of construct our faith like a house of cards mm -hmm. um and if one of those pieces let's say um was the literal seven day 
seven 24 hour period creation of the universe. Right. right? That's one of those cards. And if we construct our faith like a house of cards, and I think like many of us do, I have done that. Sure. Um, And then one of those cards gets removed. It all just comes crashing down. You know, does, does Jesus love me? You know, like did, you know, um, was Paul converted from, (laughs) from, from Judaism to Christianity? You know, like what, what, what else are we calling into question here? So I always hated Jenga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of this all, it's sort of this all or nothing yeah. like approach to faith. Right. Um, and there, I think there are a lot of really interesting Christian leaders and thinkers and, and theologians that encourage us to think in other ways about our faith. Like that is just all anchored um, to Jesus. It's centered around the cross. It's yeah. centered around the story of Christ. Um, and then kind of as you move out from that in sort of concentric circles, there's a guy, his name's Greg Boyd, who talks about faith in terms of concentric circles. Yeah. If you think about that, as you move out from the cross, things begin to get more and more peripheral. Hmm. And I think the the ability to even be able to parse out the difference between a, a peripheral issue, um, like singing hymns or singing modern worship music right, right. Um, and, and keeping that separate from an issue like, was Jesus the son of God? Right. Or did Jesus die for our sins? You know what I mean? Yeah. And as you move out from the cross, things become less vital, I guess. Mm. More more space for us to disagree, more space for us to to have differences of opinion, I guess, if that, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I think if I'm being totally honest, and I'm sure if you're listening, you've probably thought this too, like one of my issues with the Bible was, man, it just would be so much easier if Jesus was just right in front of me. Like if I could just sit and ask all these questions, what, but what are the gospels? They are literally stories of what Jesus said, did the miracles he performed his teaching. If I want to know what God's really like, I just have to start with scripture. I just start there. I just read and, and understand and engage and ask good questions and do it in a community of people that are learning and growing as well. And so I think a lot of the tensions we face maybe aren't as big a deal when we start to engage it with that point of view, just saying, okay, my faith is in Jesus, not just this book. And, but this book points me to him. And so as I engage it every single day, I will be changed because I'm around Jesus more. Yeah. Yeah. And even going back to what you just said a minute ago about how, you know, a lot of, a lot of us, even even pastors and leaders like yeah. man, if Jesus was sitting right here. This could just help illuminate so much for yeah. me. Like this could be so, like that could just totally unlock this if I could just talk to him for a minute, you know. Um, and I, you hear Christians talk like that all the time. But something that I always go back to, one of the most amazing things in Scripture to me, is when Jesus is getting ready to leave after his resurrection, um, and his disciples don't understand and they don't get why he needs to go, um, and Jesus continues to just to reiterate to them, I have to go so that my spirit can come. And Mm. when my spirit comes, this is the most amazing thing to me. It's actually going to be better than with me here physically. Right. And I'm like, how could anything be better (laughs) better. than being with Jesus, being able to walk with him and talk with him? Um, And I just think about that. And uh, what I would just encourage people to do is think about that in terms of approaching your scripture reading. Like, man, if you're thinking, gosh, it would be so easy if I could just ask God this question or ask Jesus this question, you know, because, you know, I'm facing this issue with, with the scripture. Um, he's given us his Holy Spirit. And I think it is a, it is a worthwhile thing um, to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate scripture for you. As every time you sit down to read, God, will you open my eyes to understand this? Um, because this is not a book. This is not, 
This is not a history book. This is not a textbook. This is mm-hmm. not a science book. Um, this is your word. And I need your spirit to help me understand it and, and to open my heart, you know, remove scales from my eyes um, so that I can see what it is you're trying to teach me, what it is you're trying to lead me to um, by reading it. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's helpful to, to acknowledge. And I don't know if maybe I say this enough or that we say it enough, people who are following Christ, is the fact that the Bible's weird. There are weird things in it. <laughs> there are weird. elements of mystery that I think are actually helpful to our faith as a part of it. But the other side of it is um, the Bible can handle your questions. Following Jesus is, is an adventure, but it's also there's an element of of doubt and faith that always are intermixed. And I don't think if you have a question or are curious about, man, the Bible says this, but is this true? Or maybe science has disproved something the Bible actually says. To keep that in mind, that that God can handle your questions, the Bible's big enough of a story to be able to let you wrestle with it and not lose your faith or let it be shattered because you found out something was a little bit different maybe than how it's presented in the Scripture. Yeah, and and I guess just a final thought for me, just right alongside that, it's okay to live in some tension. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people I think are, are really uncomfortable with a lack of objectivity, a lack of black and white answers from the scripture. Is it a, or is it B, you know? Yep. Um, but there are some things that are just more complicated than that. There are some things that aren't right. to, to be clear in, in scripture that are black and white that are very clear. Um, and we, I mean, we can get into that. We can talk about that in later episodes, but um, it's okay to have some tension. I, I'll give you an example. Our young adults group right now, we're walking through the book of Romans. Mm. And, you know, I come from a reformed, a more reformed church background, at least before coming to the center church. Um, I have some differences of opinion <laughs> about what Romans is saying or what, right. what, what Paul is trying to communicate by that. And if you're familiar with Romans, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about in terms of salvation and what the role is that God plays in salvation. But um, that is okay. And we can celebrate Jesus together. We can celebrate um, the fact that he died for us and that he that he made a way um, yeah. for us, um, but still live in the in the tension of I have I approach what I think the scripture is trying to teach in this passage a little bit differently than some of my peers sitting around me. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we don't need to part ways because of that. We can still worship together. We can still um, enjoy Jesus together um, in spite of those differences. And so um, it just makes me, I think it makes me sad to see tension and, and, and some questions. It can sometimes shipwreck people's faith. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And that's, I think that's one of the saddest things about all of this. Um, is that people allow those sorts of things to to come in between them encountering the true Jesus and right? Um, but yeah, there's there's a way um, to still do this without without letting it derail you. So um, that's maybe a heavy way to end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I love I love I don't remember when I first stumbled across this quote, but A. W. Tozer, early theologian author back in the fifties, wrote that nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. And I think it's just important to remember, like, if you want a fully developed and mature faith, you have to engage the scriptures um, and all of them, not just picking and choosing, but just diving in. Even stuff that maybe feels weird or difficult to read, it's worth it. And like you said before, the the X factor is you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. If you follow Christ and you're surrendered to him, you have his literal breath and presence in you to help yeah. you discern some of that stuff. And I think 
even as a pastor, full-time ministry for the last five years, you've been in ministry, like, we still do that. We still have to rely on God's voice and presence to show up when we're reading the scriptures, or we're just as confused as anybody else. That is true. That is absolutely true. All right. You said uh, everything you feel like you need to say. (laughs) It's all out there. (laughs) All right. Fantastic. Hey, well, if you're listening right now, thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank you for cutting some time out of your day to just be a part um, of the conversation that we're having here. Um, If you have any thoughts, questions, ideas, um, maybe possible uh, topic ideas that you think it would be interesting for us to, to talk about, um, send them over to podcast at synergyr.com. So we've got an email set up for the podcast and we would love to hear from you. Um, again, your thoughts um, are valuable to us because we want this to be a broader conversation than just John and I. So, um, so yeah, again, we'd love to have you join in on that. So um, again, thank you for listening and until next time, grace and peace. Grace and peace. Thank you.